Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. And if you just heard uh, the intro on that, Jimmy Uso was involved in the main event at this weekend, SummerSlam. Find out exactly what he did and our thoughts on the entire card from this past weekend. So after this brand new Couch Potato Podcast theme song, we present to you our SummerSlam recap. What's going on, everybody? It's a brand new episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. Thanks to the fine folks over at Rode Microphones. I just found out 20 minutes before recording this episode. They have a preloaded song that you can use, so I might make that the official Couch Potato Podcast theme song. Let me know what you think. Uh, I'll give you the best ways to let me know here at the end of the show. Uh, thanks a lot, Rode, uh, providing awesome equipment here for us to use. We use the Rode Pod mics and the Rode Procaster. Awesome stuff. Makes us sound better than the show actually is. So, uh, Rode, you want to send me some free swag? I'm always uh, open for free stuff. But uh, enough of that. Today's episode, we are talking about WWE SummerSlam. The big premium live event happened this past Saturday night. And the big story coming out of that event is your tribal chief, Roman Reigns, is still your undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion by defeating his cousin, Jay, in a pretty good match. Started out a little slow, started picking up some steam towards the end. Uh, However, the big story out of that match is the way that it went down. Um for those of you that watched, you know the outcome, but for those of you that haven't checked it out yet or just want to find out our thoughts on it, uh, Jay hits the Uso splash. Referee counts one, two as he gets ready to hit three. A arm comes out, pulls Jay off of Roman. Uh, come to find out the, I guess we'll call him the assailant because he ends up super kicking. Jay pulls his hood down, pulls a mask from uh, over his face, reveals himself to be Jimmy Uso, Jay's brother. Kicks Jimmy, throws him back in the ring. Of course, Roman takes care of business. Roman walks out as the champion, uh, and that's how they end that. So, I don't know. I'm a. I I kind of liked it watching it last night, but uh, having 24 hours to sit back and kind of digest it, I'm kind of baffled by why they pulled the trigger on this. Uh, it was just a month ago. Um, Jay basically turned his back on Roman to side with his brother, which his brother uh, was kind of the whole catalyst for the bloodline just imploding. And now is he back with Roman? Is he working by himself? And he just wanted to make sure that his brother couldn't be the one to defeat Roman. Uh, I don't know where this is going. Uh, it's a bit 
puzzling. Um, I do have faith in Triple H and the WWE creative team. Uh, they have not led us astray so far with this. Everything's been a home run except for tonight. I'd maybe call this a a double or as Marty Brenneman used to describe a Dave Parker uh, double. He was called a long single. So I don't know where this is heading. I, I hope that there's some good, but it's obvious that the program that's going to be carrying us into the next big WWE show, which is Survivor Series in November, is going to be probably Jimmy and Jay's feud. Uh, we do have payback coming up in September. I'd imagine it's going to be headlined by the Usos battling each other one-on-one. And it looks like, too, uh, Solo might be turning his back on Roman as well. He was a little apprehensive in some stuff last night. Really didn't uh, help him towards the end. So I don't know if Solo is going to play into the brothers' feud or what's going on with this. Uh, Maybe we end up getting something where it's Jimmy and Roman versus Jay and Solo. I don't know. Maybe the end game is uh, Solo comes out the big star of this, and he's the one that takes Roman out. I I don't know, Um, but I don't expect to see Roman too much on TV over the next couple months. Uh, He had a pretty busy summer. He was on TV a lot more than I thought. Worked a lot of shows I didn't expect him to, including... He worked a house show here probably about an hour from my hometown, which I was fortunate enough to go check out, and that was super cool seeing him in that environment. Uh, first time I'd ever got to see heel Roman Reigns, so I relished every opportunity I could, and I definitely headed down there to check that out. Super cool. But, yeah, I think Jay and Jimmy, their battle is going to be the, the primary story, and at least on the SmackDown side for the next couple of months. But yeah, it was a bit of puzzling booking on that, on why they did that. So uh, we'll see where that's going. Like I said, Triple H and his team have earned enough uh, cachet, at least in my book and probably in the book of many WWE fans out there that they're going to wait and see how this unfolds. I have faith it's going to turn out good, but this is a rare misstep in that bloodline story. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, Show kicked off, uh, Ricochet and Logan Paul. Uh, really great opening match, got a lot of high spots. Um, I will go on record as saying that watching Logan Paul wrestle, he looks like somebody that has been doing this for 20-plus years, looks like an absolute natural, and I don't think we will see a celebrity transition from the outside world into professional wrestling any better than Logan Paul has. He's got everything down. He is a great heel. People love to boo him. He's got that part of it down. He looks very fluid and natural in his ring work. Uh, He throws a working punch better than Shane McMahon ever did, (laughs) which I was watching that last night. I was like, geez, he throws those much better than Shane ever did. Uh, But, yeah, great opening match. Um, Great to see Ricochet feature on a big show. I don't understand why he's not on – the premium live events more. Uh, he kind of has that Ray Mysterio factor where you see a lot of cool stuff that can really pop the crowd. And I don't understand why they don't utilize that more. Great worker. Um, so I hope that this is the beginning of a nice run for Ricochet. I think he deserves better than what he's he's gotten so far in his WWE run. Plus, kudos to Samantha Irwin. 
she looked very disgusted by the outcome of that match, but she maintained her professionalism and announced uh, Logan Paul defeated her fiance Ricochet, which I don't know if a lot of you knew that or not, but yeah, Samantha and Ricochet are uh, set to be married sometime here, and uh, she looked very disgusted by that. So yeah, kudos to her. And uh, I don't know if I've said this on the show, but I think she's the best uh, ring announcer the WWE's had since the Fink. Like she really brings out the big fight feel in these matches, and uh, she's probably on par with Bruce Buffer right now. I mean, she's fantastic. Love, love her to pieces as a ring announcer. Um, second match of the night was Cody versus Brock Lesnar, concluding their uh, three match trilogy. I will say this is easily the best of the three matches they've done. It told a nice story. It started out early. Brock just beating the ever-living shit out of Cody and Cody just not giving up. And Cody manages to uh, gut it out and then turns it on towards the end and wins. And a uh, very unexpected move after the uh, conclusion of the match. Uh, Brock giving uh, Cody the handshake and then the hug, uh, a sign of respect. Not sure exactly what that meant, but uh, for any of you that watched the post event press conferences that the WWE has, which I will say are absolutely awful. They come off as very scripted and just not very good. I usually stick around to watch them just to hear Cody, who seems to be very natural at those and seems to be, uh, I guess, be above what they're doing and it kind of makes them feel a little bit more legitimate. And then, of course, I listen to Triple H to kind of get the financials and stuff for the event so but yeah those press conferences are usually pretty bad but triple h did say that that was very unexpected didn't expect that to happen it wasn't planned out ahead of time so it was kind of cool to see and uh i guess the big question coming out of that match is what's next for cody um he did mention in his uh portion of the press conference that his goal is to get back to where he was last year to finish the story, which he never come out and said it, but people that have followed the WWE over the last year know exactly what that means. It means he wants to get back to headline WrestleMania to win the WWE championship, the belt his dad ever won. And I think he wants to do it against Roman because I know there's unfinished business there. So I I think that's the end game is to get uh, the rematch at 40. So I'm, pretty much certain at this point that Roman's going to be the champion up until 40. So I wouldn't expect him to be losing it now. So, um, but in the meantime, I don't know who does Cody feud with. Does he go maybe somebody younger, like maybe like an Austin theory, maybe a Grayson Waller who I think has just unlimited amounts of potential. I think he could be, a legitimate great heel. And I think working with someone like Cody would really benefit him quite a bit. Maybe someone like Bronson Reed, another guy that's got uh, just mounds of potential could use some help on the mic a little bit, but I think that might be a kind of a cool program or maybe Bobby Lashley. I don't know what's going on with the hurt business. SmackDown revealed Friday. I think it's reforming with uh, him and the street profits. I don't know if that's going to be a heel faction, a, f- a babyface faction. I don't know. But uh, I'm curious to see where they go with Cody. Uh, if you guys want to chime in, I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts too. 
I'll let you know how you can do that at the end of the show. So, um, yeah, uh, Cody and Brock, great match, told a great story. Uh, loved it. Uh, it was one of those where it seemed like early on in this card they were really trying to one-up themselves. The crowd was super hot for these first two matches, too. They were really into it, which was, I think, kind of added to the atmosphere a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was a good, uh, good, good opening uh, couple of matches for Smack or SummerSlam. I've got SmackDown on the brain, so forgive me on that. Uh, we got the uh, the Slim Jim's twenty five man Invitational Battle Royal was the following match, which uh, to nobody's surprise was won by LA Knight, and I think this is now the uh, the beginning of his massive push. Uh, which I think he is deservedly entitled to. Uh, we went to SmackDown uh, Friday night in Dayton, and him and Sheamus opened up the night, and the crowd went absolutely wild for LA Knight. And friends of mine that watched it on TV said it, it sounded like they weren't piping in much of the the crowd noise, which is a problem from time to time, not so much here as of like the last six or seven months, but there are times where they kind of pipe in the crowd noise. But uh, from what I was told, it sounded very legitimate. Yeah, that crowd was deafening for him. He easily got the best pop of the night. Um, I really expected, uh, I think he gets the next crack at the United States Championship, whether that's Austin Theory or Escobar, which I think they're, they're settling that next week. So I'm, I'm, probably going to put money on it's going to be Austin Theory to have the the heel versus the anti-face. So I would not be surprised to see LA Knight as a champion very soon. Maybe he maybe he's going to go for some gold over on the other show. Who knows? But I, I think that he's going to be a, a, a champion very, very soon. And I think big things are in store for him because, I mean, he's just so over. And... I I was a fan of his work. Even uh, I didn't really watch much Impact. I've started watching that more here over the last couple months. Uh, Pluto has a free channel where you can catch up on all the old Impact stuff. So it's kind of nice revisiting some of that stuff. But uh, I discovered LA Knight on NWA Power, where he was kind of had the same gimmick over there, and I just was blown away by like he kind of is the Rock and Steve Austin kind of blended together. I know uh, recently on Kevin Nash's Click This Podcast, which is a great show. Highly recommend checking that out. Get that. Most of the same places you can find our show. So check them out after you listen to this. Definitely worth it. But uh, he called him uh, a copycat of The Rock, which I think is a little unfair. Um, A lot of times, some of the best stuff you see from professional wrestling has been borrowed from somebody else and just kind of tweaked a little bit to work for them. And at the end of the day, if this is working for him, people are eating this up. Who cares? Uh, I think the WWE like needs to build stars. I think Eli Drake slash LA Knight has been overdue for a long time. I When I seen him in NWA Power, I was blown away that no one had signed this guy before he ended up in NXT. Pretty solid in-ring worker, but he's got the mic skills to carry himself all the way to the top. He could end up being the WWE champion in a couple of years. Who knows? But uh, 
Yeah, he won the uh the battle royal. Uh pretty good battle royal. I'm I'm a huge fan of the Royal Rumble. I think that's the gold standard for battle royals, but it's a little bit different. You don't have all the chaos of everybody being in the ring at one time, which I think kind of bogs stuff down in these a lot of times. Uh, pretty solid battle royal. Got uh, a lot of really good stuff from Chad Gable, who uh, I might discuss him in a couple of minutes. Uh, got the fun spot where Omos gets put out by everybody that's left in the battle royal. But, yeah, really good battle royal, uh, surprisingly. I thought that match was kind of be the cooler uh, after the first two matches, which they seem to do. But uh, speaking of coolers, uh, the next match was uh, Shayna Baszler versus Ronda Rousey in an MMA-style match. Uh, this match really didn't do anything for me. Uh, I think it's just it's kind of hard to try to do a... Uh, a staged MMA bout in a wrestling ring. I just, I just didn't think this, this gimmick worked. I honestly think that this would have been better served to have the conclusion of Becky and Trish over this match. But the speculation is that uh, Ronda Rousey's done in WWE, at least for the time being. So I guess if you're going to uh, have, Ronda for one last match. You may as well do it on a big show. And they obviously weren't going to take out the women's title match for Becky and Trish. So uh, I guess this was the the match to do it. But uh, yeah, just match didn't really work for me. At the end of the day, I think this is probably the weakest match on the card. Uh, I know that there's been videos on the internet of uh, people walking out taking the bathroom break during this, which I, I did the same guilty as charged. Uh, not a fan of either one of these performers. Uh, Rhonda, I think her return has just been kind of a, a dud. I think she was really exposed for what she lacked in the second time. Uh, first time she was able to pretty much get around that by working with like, she got to work with, Charlotte and Becky and you know pretty much solid solid hands in the ring and just this return just really fell flat and then the heel turn and then uh, Sh- Shayna I think if they built her back up right could be pretty good but I think we're past the point of no return for that too they kind of botched her after uh, I think yeah she was the uh, the pandemic the 2020 WrestleMania where she fought Becky and lost, and then Becky gives up the belt short time later because she's pregnant. So I think after that, I think she her character was kind of done. But hopefully they do something to kind of rehabilitate her. I don't know. We will see. Um, next was Gunther and Drew McIntyre. Uh, I was looking forward to this match. I thought this had the potential to be the match of the night. Didn't quite get there, but still really good. Uh, these two guys work well together. Pretty much did what I was going to do. It was just two massive guys beating the shit out of each other. Um, uh, Drew was also in that uh, same spot he was in back at Clash of the Castle where he had the momentum and he was like the one believable guy that you would think would end a lengthy title reign and he kind of fell short. And I don't know if this is just they wanted to get Gunther to that... Uh, 
mark where he passes the honky tonk man, which he is, I think they said on the show last night, he's like 32 days away from honky tonk man's, uh, record for the longest intercontinental title reign. So I don't know if they're just, uh, they wanted him to get to that point or if this is a, a situation where they didn't want to put the, a belt on drew because drew there's rumors that drew McIntyre's contracts up and he's not entirely happy. And there's a chance he may leave WWE when that's up. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Um, but still great match. Um, we were also left with the question afterward, if drew is not the guy to take away the intercontinental title from Gunther, then who is, uh, there could be the potential that, uh, drew gets his rematch at payback and wins. Um, and I, I thought about this this morning and I remember they did some kind of five minute challenge with Gunther a while back and Chad Gable was able to last the entire five minutes with him and alpha Academy and Chad Gable, especially have been on quite a run lately. They have been very entertaining. Gable's always fantastic in the ring. You have a ready-made matchup of David versus Goliath. You have the smaller in stature, Chad Gable versus Gunther. Crowd's obviously behind Alpha Academy. Is Chad Gable the one to take the belt away from Gunther? I mean, I, I don't know if that devalues Gunther at all. Because I mean, I personally think Gunther is pretty much ready to be a world title contender and kind of in the main event going forward. I, I think he's that good. Like I personally think that uh, he's going to be the guy that takes uh, Rollins' world title, which we'll get to him in a second. I think he should be up in the main event scene. But uh, unless they continue this McIntyre feud, I don't know where else Gunther goes. So maybe something with Gable. Even if Gable doesn't take the belt from him right away, I mean, I think it'd be a good short-term program until they get to the next guy, which, I mean, that could be someone like Bobby Lashley if Lashley's going to stay as a babyface. Could be an interesting program. I don't know. We'll see. I don't really have a lot of uh, answers for where these guys are going. It's... They're kind of in this rut right now, and I think a lot of it's tied up to the uh, the fact that just certain guys are just not available right now, or they're already in programs, or or what. So, I mean, I I think Chad Gable would be an interesting uh, program for Gunther, at least for the next couple of months, unless they stretch him and Drew out a little bit, which I'm okay with. Uh, those guys have not had a bad confrontation yet. So I I would be okay with another Drew versus Gunther match, and maybe maybe they do it for payback, which I think by the time payback rolls around, Gunther would have uh, surpassed Honky Tonk Man. So maybe maybe that's when they pull the trigger and they get the belt off Gunther, which I think if they do that, that frees up Gunther for a program with Cody. And I think that could carry Cody into Royal Rumble season. It's a little food for thought. I don't know. Maybe I'm just spitballing a bit. I don't know. Maybe I'm totally out of line. 
But hey, just let me know. Shoot me a shoot me a message later on. Let me know. Um, the next match I felt was the match of the night. This was a fantastic match. It was Seth Rollins defending his world heavyweight title against Finn Balor. A uh, lot of story in this one. Uh, they alluded to uh, which for those of you that may or may not remember. The inaugural Universal Championship match took place at SummerSlam between Seth and Finn Balor, which uh, Finn Balor did win, but in the process he got injured during the match and he was never able to have a a title reign with that. And I think that he has never fully recovered from that up until recently. I think his stuff with Judgment Day has been really good, but uh, he never really gained a lot of that momentum back. After that, but uh, this was a great matchup. Uh, eventually, you got the Judgment Day involved. Uh, Damian Priest, which I thought for sure was going to cash in his money in the bank briefcase, he didn't in this, but uh, the briefcase was used and it ended up costing Finn the match. Um, but I will tell you, I thought for sure that the Judgment Day was going to be pretty much left for dead once Edge jumped ship. And they have been some of the most reliable talent on the Raw side since uh, easily since uh, the stuff with Edge started. I mean, they've been able to showcase each member individually, so they've all had their opportunity to shine. Obviously, Dominic Mysterio is pretty much in a dead sprint with Don Callis for the most hated man in professional wrestling. I don't know who gets more heat right now. Don, I'd say maybe Don Callis because Don Callis was actually assaulted by a fan in Mexico a few weeks ago. It hasn't happened to Dominic yet, but Dominic gets so much heat that there's times where he has to stop talking because he can't talk over the the crowd. That's when you've made it. And of course, everyone She's a heel, but everyone loves Rhea. Uh, Damian Priest has been arguably one of the MVPs of WWE programming for the last year. He's been spot on. Of course, anybody that followed him when he was uh, in the indies knows uh, he's a great hand. And of course, Finn. Finn just needed a, an opportunity. I don't know where this goes for here from them with Judgment Day, whether this starts the split between them. I guess we'll find out more tomorrow whether uh, Finn gets kicked out of the group. Uh, as far as Seth Rollins goes, plenty of uh, challengers waiting for him. I don't know if they start something with Damian Priest or if that's something that's always in the back, you know, the background that, uh, you know, he can always cash in that anytime. But there's plenty of people for Seth to go through. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. But yeah, Seth Rollins, uh, I think in terms of just as good of a worker, I think he's the WWE's version of Kenny Omega. Like just always reliable. You always know it's never going to be a five-star classic all the time, but you always know when you put Seth Rollins in the ring, you're going to get something good out of it. I don't think he's quite there yet on Kenny Omega's level in terms of like being put on these five-star classics. But yeah, I mean, you know when you see Seth Rollins on the card, you're always going to get a good match out of it at least. You're not walking home disappointed. So uh, 
uh, looking forward to uh, Monday Night Raw, seeing where that leads. Uh, who knows? Uh, for the first time in a while, though, SummerSlam has kind of left me clueless on where we're going with some of these feuds. So I, I apologize. Um, but, yeah, I hope you guys and gals chime in. Send me uh, some tweets, some Facebook messages, some emails. Let me know your thoughts. I'm, I really want to hear uh, what you guys have to say. And I could be completely off, and maybe one of you guys just like, oh, maybe Seth goes against, you know, you know, Grayson Waller. That would be a cool matchup. Or maybe Edge turns heel, which I don't think makes any sense. But I'd love to hear from you. Um, and then they they just keep on coming. Like the crowd, though, I started noticing at this point it starts to get a little worn out because I think that the matches have been so good that uh, they just they don't have time to cool off. They don't have that time to take a breath. Um, I mean, we we talked about the main event uh, up in uh, at the beginning of the show, so we won't really go over that. But the last match to go over is the women's uh, triple threat match. It was Asuka, Charlotte, and Bianca Belair for the uh, women's championship. Uh, Great match as well. We got a money to bank cash in, which I was kind of expecting, but uh, Asuka, Charlotte, and Bianca, they were just beating the shit out of each other. And I th- There was a spot in this where Bianca hits her, it looked like her knee on the steel steps, and I thought it was legit. But then uh, Lucas, in his infinite wisdom, pointed out that uh, they kept the camera on her, which meant that it could be a work, which I never really put two and two together at the time. But um, they carry her out, and then she comes back in and then does this. And it looked like it hurt like hell. It had to have. Uh, but she manages to climb the rope, and Charlotte has Asuka in a figure eight. And she does a, like a frog splash onto Charlotte while she's got the figure eight on Asuka. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a really good match. Uh, and then Bianca manages to uh, pin, I think she pins Asuka, wins the title. And then in the midst of celebrating, you hear uh, Damage Control's music. Uh, kind of popped a little bit for Bailey just cleaning house with the, uh, the briefcase. She took out Charlotte and Asuka with it. I thought it was uh, kind of funny. Uh, yeah, EO Sky is your new uh, WWE Raw Women's Champion. Uh, deservedly so. She's always been a fantastic worker. Uh, plus, it just opens up a fresh face in that division. It seems like for a, quite a while, they've been rotating between essentially uh, Becky, Bailey, Charlotte, Bianca, and that's been about it. It, and Rhea, I, I can't believe I forgot about Rhea, but it's been those five, and then there's been kind of a tail off after that. So it'd be, it's nice to get uh, a little bit of uh, a fresh face in there. You get some fresh feuds in there. And we all know this is leading to the inevitable EO Sky face turn, and she's going to feud with Bailey because Bailey's obviously going to be jealous that her uh, teammate is the champion and she's not. That's going to lead to that match. So yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of cool new uh, women's matches in that. And uh, but I, I tell you, a uh, couple things like Oscar 
it just seems like she they don't trust her enough to be the champion for more than a couple months. I've never understood that. That's why I didn't put her in that class with the rest of them. I think in the tier of the women's division in, in WWE, I think she's in a tier by herself right under those uh, aforementioned women. Uh, not quite elite, but she's better than the women behind her. But I just never really seems to uh, maintain a championship for very long. And uh, Bianca, uh, I don't know, SummerSlam just doesn't seem to be her event. Uh, Between uh, what happened to her with Becky at, uh, was that, 20, yeah, 21, and then she gets interrupted by damage control at 22. And then now this year, she's the champion again for like 15 seconds. <laughs> but yeah. And uh, then uh, the last match of the night was the Roman versus Jay, which uh, I kind of went into at the beginning of the show, but man, SummerSlam was a fantastic event. I think outside of the, uh, um, the Ronda versus Shayna Baszler match, there was not, Anything below like a three star out of four match in this. I mean, they were just, they really brought it. And it seems like the WWE seems to step their game up in these bigger like stadium shows. They really just seem to be on another level than anything they do outside of the stadium. So I'm expecting uh, payback to be a little bit disappointing. <laughs> it's just how it goes. It's like they come off these awesome stadium shows and then they kind of have a letdown a little bit. But uh, yeah, SummerSlam. I'm not going to say it's one of the the greatest of all time, but uh, it was a very fun way to spend four hours. But uh, I think if they do anything next time, maybe space it out a little bit so the crowd has a chance to kind of come down a little bit. I think going to that Seth and Finn match, they started really losing some steam because crowd started out super hot. and it, But they just never had a chance to come down. It's just like, Every match, every performer in that match just did not want to be topped by the previous matches. So they they brought everything they had, and it was yeah, a great event, great great event. So um, hope you guys uh, enjoyed it as much as I did. A um, couple quick things uh, before we let you go. I know there was some stories that broke. Uh, Biggie uh, Gave some news on his neck. Sounds like everything's good to go with his neck, but he may not be able to wrestle again, which is very, very unfortunate. Uh, one of the things I was always uh, super upset about is they never really gave him an opportunity to shine as the champion. I thought he kind of got hosed to set up the essentially Brock and Roman at WrestleMania. I think he really got dicked over and all that. And unfortunately, he had his neck broken short time later. So, uh, be very unfortunate if he doesn't step foot in the, the ring again. However, I think uh, he definitely will have a spot in WWE, whether he's a commentator or uh, what. I don't know, but uh, I'm glad that he's at least doing okay. So, I mean, if the worst that can happen is uh, we don't get to see him in a ring anymore, but he's able to live a full and healthy life, then. I mean, I would take that trade off seven days a week, twice on Sunday. Um, they also reshuffled the uh, announced teams. Uh, it looks like Michael Cole is going to be pulling double duty. 
uh, starting tomorrow. He and Wade Barrett are going to Monday Night Raw. So they're going to be the uh, Monday Night Raw team. And then Fridays on SmackDown is uh, Michael Cole, Corey Graves, and uh, what's the guy's name that's on Monday Night Raw? Kevin Patrick. I think he's the play-by-play guy. I don't really know because I don't think he's very good. I find him very – yeah, Kevin Patrick. Never never been a big fan of his on uh, the stick. So I don't know. I I mentioned to Lucas last night maybe, maybe that uh, Kevin Patrick is kind of the placeholder. And uh, once college football season ends, maybe this is the uh, the opening for Pat McAfee to make his return, which uh, I will say that I do miss Pat McAfee on WWE programming quite a bit. Uh, it really felt like a wrestling fan. One of us was doing the show with Michael Cole, and I really think that he made Michael Cole better because Michael Cole has never been as good as he's been right now. Like, I am blown away by his commentary and it just, I don't know if it's the fact that it took someone like McAfee to bring it out or just one of those things where you kind of take him for granted. But, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see where this, uh, this goes. Uh, Wade Baird has been a great replacement. I always thought he was a great commentator, even when he did the stuff with, uh, NWA power. So I don't think, uh, raw loses anything with that trade off. I think they gain, uh, Corey is always solid. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see, see how it affects the shows at all. Um, uh, one last thing. I know there was a rumor that, uh, Randy Orton was going to make his appearance at WrestleMania or not WrestleMania SummerSlam. Uh, he did not show up. Uh, there was news that broke that, uh, he's looking good, but he's not even begun training yet to get back into the ring. So it might be a while before we see Orton. Hopefully soon I miss the Viper. Uh, I think uh, if he's ready to go, I think that could be a Royal Rumble program for Roman Reigns and a, like a legitimate threat for someone to take the title off of him. Or he could be somebody that works with Cody too. Uh, that's the great thing about Randy Orton is just you never know what side he's on. And he could easily slide into the heel or the face role and just be good at it. So... Uh, hopefully we can see him sooner rather than later. Um, that's about it. Uh, yeah, good weekend of wrestling. Uh, didn't get a chance to check it out yet, but heard, uh, AEW collision was pretty good, which, uh, I don't know if, uh, you guys and gals watch that, but, uh, I think consistently since it's been on, uh, AEW collisions have been the best wrestling show on TV. Uh, they seem to be, uh, very focused, not a lot of, uh, fad. They, Seem to revolve the show around probably about 10 or 12 different performers, which I think is good. Uh, cause I know AW dynamite was starting to get a little bloated with all the talent they had that wasn't getting used. So, uh, yeah, if you DVR, I mean, you don't have to watch it Saturday nights. I know I sure don't, but, uh, definitely check it out. Uh, they headlined, uh, their event last night with, uh, CM Punk versus Ricky Starks, uh, for uh, punk's real world's championship. Read that match is pretty good. Uh, Ricky Starks, uh, great to see he's finally being utilized as the main event talent. Uh, he's got everything that you would want in a main event wrestler. Uh, does not lose often in promo battles. Uh, phenomenal in-ring work. 
I think he has everything that you need to be a top guy. And I think working with somebody like Punk is only going to elevate him to be one of the, the top guys in AEW. So that's good to see. Matter of fact, uh, as soon as I wrap this up, I will be uh, checking that out. So uh, a little bit shorter episode than normal. I don't want to ramble on too long. Uh, don't like doing these episodes too often by myself, but uh, hope you guys and gals enjoy it. Um, I'm feeling a little frisky uh, this week, so uh, this is not the uh, only episode you guys and gals are going to get this week. Uh, producer Adam and I are going to uh, get together later in the week and do uh, an old classic movie episode. We're going to pick something uh, here uh, something that's got a, an anniversary this year. So probably something from, uh, let's see, we got 93, 98, uh, 2003, 2013, somewhere in there, but, uh, we're going to let you guys and gals vote on it. So, um, be sure to follow us on Twitter at couch bro podcast. Uh, I have a poll question up for uh, you guys and gals to vote on and the winner of that. Uh, we will do that movie, so uh, be sure to f- give us a follow on there. Yeah, follow us on uh, Twitter or X or whatever the fuck it's called this week. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Threads. We do a little bit on TikTok. I know I keep saying I need to do more. Uh, check out the show description to uh, get the links. To follow us on those. Uh, get all kinds of show updates. Uh interact with us too i'd love to hear from you guys let us know what uh your thoughts on the episodes what we could do better uh let us know if we suck <laughs> i i'm open to critiques please just uh give us your feedback talk to us we want to hear from you want to make this a big community love to hear from you guys shoot us an email at couch potato podcast at gmail.com if you like what we're doing on the show please feel free and we would love it if you would write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or just drop us a five-star rating on Spotify. That helps us get discovered. So if there's somebody out there who says, hey, I want to listen to a guy rattle on for about 41 minutes about SummerSlam. Boom. He'll just type in guy rambling about SummerSlam. And the more reviews we get, the more likely they are to find our show. So, uh would appreciate it if you guys and gals would do that. So that is the Couch Potato Podcast for this week. Well, no, technically it's not for this week. we got another episode coming up. So, uh, yeah, be sure to uh, follow us on uh, our socials so you get the uh, the drop date on the episode we're going to put out later this week and also give uh, you all an opportunity to vote on what you want to hear us do so uh until next time we will talk to you guys and gals later